0: And you're listening to the Starting Block Podcast. This, guys, is a show for complete athletic development. Our mission, our objective, our purpose is to give you the tools to win, whether you're the athlete, the parent, or the coach. Now, if you're new to the show, I want to welcome you, appreciate you joining. Here's how we operate we have multiple episodes within the show. The first episode you're going to hear is for myself and my co host, Chris Scarborough. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good afternoon. This is where Chris and I will do a Q&A. That's where I, you, obviously, submit your questions to us, and we'll tackle them. Those are going to be anything related to performance, training, the neuro-voodoo stuff, nutrition, rehab, anything with you know um, athletic performance, we'll tackle it. That is Q&A. Chris, where can they submit the questions? Info at
1: startingblockpodcast.com.
0: All right, cool. Next is a guest interview, and I will bring our guest on in just a second. But the guest interview is just like every other podcast on the planet. It's where we're going to bring in our friends, colleagues from across the globe, and they're going to share their stories of how they win, what they do in their um, facilities with their patients, their, uh, their clients. Um, we have a range of doctors, healthcare providers, trainers, coaches all across the board. That is the uh, guest interview in the final episode. You're going to hear, it's going to be like a quarterly episode, Friday fire fact. That's where I'm going to jump on and give you about 15 minutes of just something that I feel that is important to know in our industry going on something I experienced. It may be a little more motivational business related, something like that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, uh, that is going to be a quarterly episode and so i blew through that very quickly because we got a lot of ground to cover today and uh we are pleased uh, in this guest interview to welcome back Dr. Matt Boulet. What's up, bro? How are you? <laughs> I'm
2: so happy to be back with you guys. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Oh yeah. Absolutely.
1: Now,
0: if uh if you are watching, you un- if you're watching this on YouTube, you understand what's getting ready to happen here. But if you're listening on audio, which is where most of our subscribers are, um, you will not know that uh, Dr. Matt and I have very similar hats we are currently wearing. Um, Matt, what's your, uh, what's your hat say?
2: So mine says, keep America great.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Mine says, uh, make America great again. And uh, <laughs> we're going to ruffle some feathers with this episode. And quite frankly, if you don't like it, I don't really care. Um, <laughs> Matt and I got some things that we want to get off our
1: chest and talk about. And you're either on board or you're not. Well, the, uh, you know, honestly, John, I think the timing was absolutely perfect. I mean, we scheduled Matt six weeks ago for the, for today. And um, we had no idea, you know, that that we were going to be running into a topic that was like, like perfectly fed for the the timing of this of this episode. It it yeah. couldn't have happened better. Yeah, so, and this yeah. might this might be the last time we talk to Matt. <laughs> could be. Yeah, could be. We'll get into that in a minute.
0: Well, so all right, here's the deal guys. Uh, you know, if you don't follow Matt on social, you need to. Um, you know, obviously his content is great, but um he as well as myself, were very outspoken about uh, the shit that's going on in the world and the direction that things are headed. And I think To say it right off the front end, I think, Matt, where you and I tend to agree with stuff is like, I'm not, people would say I'm Republican or conservative because I'm in the South, you know, and I've got the American flag on my arm and behind me, but I'm not right or left. Like, I'm not Republican, Democrat. I am pro-freedom, and there's a big difference there. Not right or left. I'm pro-freedom, and I feel like you see the same thing. I feel like you look at the world from that perspective, too.
2: A hundred percent. I think autonomy is what we try to create in the people that we take care of. It's definitely my uh, perspective. When people consult with me, they want to be able to do more for themselves and by themselves. And and that really is human dignity, right? It's allowing people to become um, more for themselves so they can be more for others. And, and, I, and that does translate into um, some form of freedom. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so so I take that very, very personally. I take it very uh, much to heart. And I guess on a global scale, uh, it probably is the reason why I've always been so interested in politics. And I also have a really hard time identifying myself with a party. And I'm always willing to say that things can change. My, my views have definitely changed in terms of who I would vote for, whether it's in Canada or the U.S. I used to really like Justin Trudeau. I mean just to get so so you know i mean i'm really open to anything really so yeah. i think at some point you do have to make a choice at a given moment in time and then you know move forward but i am i'm always open to say you know what just just tell me what you've got like show me your point of view and i'm not fixed into anything although i'm wearing a maga hat right now <laughs> <laughs>
0: Go ahead,
1: Chris. What were you gonna say? No, I was gonna say let, let, let's get into that and just j- just for a bit, because there's a reason why, you know, you take somebody like like John or me, you know, and, and, and I was traditionally trained in, in a medical field. And there's a reason why I got out of it, because I, I actually witnessed firsthand, not not only with myself, but I witnessed other patients. Receiving treatment by John's mentor, by the way, who got a, a tremendous result that I could have never gotten with that same person in a more traditional type practice. So, I guess, I'm trying to figure out a bet, the best way to word this question. I mean, but why is it so important? I guess that why is it so important that we retain this freedom from a medical practice perspective? I mean, isn't isn't it the whole point behind like, hey, let's 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 um, uh, let's let's manage everything down to the dime, so that hey, we know everybody's getting the exact same treatment for the exact same thing, and blah 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 blah. You know, it's always been my my experience that if I can get somebody better in fifteen minutes for fifty dollars, then someone else who gets them better in twelve weeks for about five thousand dollars. <laughs> what harm was done right well anyway g- give us your perspective on that matt i mean what what uh i, I don't i'm like i said I, i'm having a hard time even coming up with the right way to even ask that question yeah. but what is what why, why is it is so important about like health freedom
2: and our and our ability to choose in this type of thing um so uh, I, so yeah it's it's a hard question to ask and it's a hard question to answer but i see where you're going and i'm just yeah. trying to respect where you were heading there yeah um so so freedom to choose, obviously, uh, does involve, to some extent, freedom to choose, um, you know, what happens with our bodies and, you know, medically speaking. So if we jump right into it, you think of uh, vaccine mandates. Um, and, and so and then, you know, if you look at if you look at any society, at some point, some rules are put in place so that the greater good, uh, to, you know, so that people benefit from other people's actions. And and sometimes in in any context, that could mean that you won't be able to do exactly what you want to do, but it's going to benefit others. And I guess that was the approach of, of the governments really, you know, in, in many cases to say, well, we're going to make it really tough for you to have a life if you don't get vaccinated, because we need to protect other people. Um, it's just th- th- so obviously, it's a uh, it, Let's say that this had been the case where if we hadn't all been vaccinated, something terribly wrong would have happened. I mean, much worse than what I actually did. Average age of people um, passing away from COVID in, where I live was 83 years old. That happens to be the age at which you're supposed to die. So mm-hmm. obviously, you know, and, and and far from me the idea of wanting to say that uh you know there was no case in point where this vaccine could have been useful i I i think i think if something exists i'm i'm like that with training i'm like that with therapy i do believe that if something out there exists there has to be a purpose for it um now some training techniques might not be the greatest but they have been really mediatized so everyone's doing them could that be the case with the COVID vaccines possibly um it's it's the insistence with which this was presented that felt off versus the actual product maybe even um when it's promoted both in New York and Montreal that if you go and get vaccinated we're going to give you either you know donuts or hot dogs or french fries <laughs> the <laughs> mayor of New York with, the governor the, uh, the governor or mayor of
0: New York that burger commercial that fat piece of shit watching him
2: be like mm, this is good like and, and he looked like a piece of shit eating yes. the fries too. Not everyone <laughs> looked like a piece me. of shit eating fries. I mean, he did, which is really, you know, they did the hot dogs here. Um, so it was, it was, it felt off outside of outside of like you know. Sure. I've, had, I've got doctor friends of mine that say, you know what, if you're over forty, they actually figured this might not be a bad thing for you. I've got other doctor friends of mine that say they 're just not comfortable with it whatsoever, for so many reasons, and I mean you know up front I am in no way an expert on immunization i don 't pretend to be i don 't have the skills to discuss whether or not this had relevance, but I do feel that there was a discomfort that was felt by a lot of people, even a lot of people that aren 't necessarily against um, any form of medication there was There was a palpable discomfort on the on the uh, many, many people. About how this was done, and I, I guess for me, that's where most of the issue is. It's uh, it's beyond the actual product. It's the way it was. Right. It's beyond promotion. It, it felt like propaganda. Well,
0: it right. was the only time that they did something completely different than the you know um, than what has happened in the past. Like <clears throat> when you look at things like uh, whether it was you know whatever the Zika virus or Ebola or whatever. With every other pandemic that's ever happened. It's always been the elderly or sick need to shelter in place and let humanity go ahead and you know live like they live their everyday life because it's the healthy people's immune systems that are going to end up beating the virus in anyways, but they completely reverse to that right Everybody's got to stay home. And I think that was probably one of the triggers that kind of set people off into going down this path of what the hell is going on? Something is not right here. But to circle back to the question, though, you talk about why is freedom so important when it comes to our health care and, and, and medicine if we're not allowed to discuss things like this? Then what happened yesterday, there were two announcements. One, we talked about the podcast thing, but also the creators of the mRNA vaccine won the Nobel Prize yesterday. That huh. is correct.
1: <laughs> right? That's news to me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. That mm-hmm.
2: happened yesterday. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, yeah. It
0: did. And so that is it's they're literally rewriting the history books as we speak. Not for right now. They're rewriting for 50, 60 years down the road. So that that generation will have the perception you know, that these things occur. And so they're not going to know any different.
2: Yeah. And, and to be fair uh, to mRNA technology, my understanding is that it goes far beyond the actual, There, uh, we even call them vaccines that we were, you know, presented for COVID. Um, my understanding based on, again, doctor friends of mine, some of which are all over the spectrum of, of what we could, you know, think uh is that there could be some really interesting applications with mrna again not at all my expertise i don't even have an opinion i I, it's but it but it is like it's almost like you can't make that up right the fact that the Nobel prize would be awarded considering the controversy and i understand that the nobel prizes aren't necessarily you know taking into account controversies and that they you know but but then again, what, what's surprising to me is that Donald Trump, if you look at his record in terms of president and the fact that there were not no wars, like, I mean, not a single war, and that he was – I remember him being nominated for a Nobel Prize. And I remember people in my neck of the woods or people close to me thinking it was a joke. And obviously they figured it was a joke because it was Donald J. Trump. And I kept thinking – Can you at least be objective enough to put your bias like you're asking me to put my biases aside for so many of these issues, including COVID, the vaccines, which I honestly really try to do, as you can see from how I'm speaking to you guys. Right. Like I'm coming across as trying to balance things out. But then how come how come some of these same people can't balance out the fact that outside of the fact that they might just absolutely hate his guts? Truth is, there really was peace mm-hmm. in the world. Oh and absolutely. Enough for the noble people, the Nobel Prize people to actually nominate him. So I have to give those guys credit where it probably wasn't a popular choice even amongst a bunch of those guys. Which I can just imagine are all liberals. But no, but you know what I mean? Like, but they probably yeah. are. So for mm-hmm. them to say, okay, we're gonna nominate this guy for a Nobel Prize for peace. Um, yeah, it goes, it goes to show you. (laughs) No,
0: and and there, and there was peace and and I understand, I believe me, I I am, I am kind of a Trump guy. Yes. But I understand that people don't like the way he comes across with things. I totally get that. And, And, you know, I can't say if I were in that position and I was being constantly hammered by, Um, you know, the World Economic Forum and everybody else attacking me that I wouldn't have been a little bit more arrogant to try to protect yourself because you do have to protect yourself. And so, but nobody can genuinely sit here and say that their life is better now than when it was when he was in, in office. Everything has changed. We are censored left and right now. He tried to talk about that. Our economy, at least here in America, is tanking and it's putting small businesses and a lot of outside practitioners Out of business as well, Chris, like you and I have had this conversation that a lot of there's going to be a lot of practitioners and people in the strength and conditioning industries that aren't going to have a job anymore because those industries are going to crumble, you know, and so it's one of those things where you may not like what the guy how the guy presented it, but his policies and what he did worked.
2: And that's starting to come out more and more. And I mean, even in Canada, funny enough, um, because I think things are getting bad enough that for people who didn't care much about politics or finances or the economy, funny enough, when you have a hard time feeding yourself and you wonder if you're going to be able to keep your house with interest rates going up, you start getting really interested. And so maybe in a way, the good thing about this is that people have a higher level of interest in In politics, which I really think we have to, like, I think, I think we need to. We all care about each other. We all want, you know, our families to be happy and healthy. We all want really strong, safe communities. And and I I actually do think liberals want the same thing. Like, I mean, I joke about. They do. And that's how they attack them because
0: they have a bleeding heart. You know, they have a bleeding heart. And so, yes, you're right. They do want the same thing
2: right but then how we go about it obviously uh and 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 this is the thing right so there's a there's very few politicians that have been able to uh stand up to the world economic forum which you know before covid not many people even knew what that was correct uh, mm-hmm. and a lot of these you know uh more conservative or right-wing politicians have been uh openly standing up against it and quite frankly now mainstream media uh, even in canada has no choice but to bring up the world economic forum uh and i don't think that uh i don't think that yeah um, most people knew what that was 2 3 years ago mm-hmm. and they're starting to understand now that you know freedom is is uh, not so obvious when your prime minister or your president is just about being told what to do by someone who was never elected who's the president of this world economic forum. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not, that's not conspiracy. This is, this is what's going on. This is fact. Yes. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Right.
0: You know, and so let me, I'm going to change direction here a little bit. How how old are you, Matt? I'm 45. Okay. So you're, you're about 10 years older than me. I'm, I'm, I'm 36 here. Okay. One of the things that I have, I I have found to, to be very interesting in my short career in and I'm curious to hear your stance on it as well. For those of you who are still with us, if you're still listening, <laughs> I think where <laughs> the three of us are coming from is we're talking about this and bringing it up, and we're doing it because our avenue to improve the world that we live in is through health. It's through healthcare, quote unquote. Whether I'm not a doctor, you know, you're a DO, you know, Chris, you're a former PT, and, and just in helping people heal, right? Now, what's going to happen, though, is in my career, I have seen I haven't even had a chance to start my career, essentially, because I've already had to go through and I'm not playing victim. I, don't, I, I refuse to do that, but I think it's legitimate and I do think there's an attack on us happening. I had to go through the 08 crash right when my career should start, right when it should start, couldn't get a job now i 'm already i 'm ten years into business, and now this is happening and i 'm sure there 's a lot of other people out there like that and I think as information gets out there, we have more access to people like you and me, more access to natural healing, more access to things like the newbie than we did fifteen, twenty years ago or whatever and when you see these political agendas that are occurring it 's crushing people like us people that can actually help other people heal and get better and that's got to be part of the system is they don't want that to happen they want you to be a patient of the system because it benefits Mm -hmm. the pharmaceutical companies
2: yeah, I think I think the most powerful companies in the world um are the ones that are trying to stay very lucrative and they also have to compete between each other. Um I'll say this, at some point I was hired by Pfizer to give a conference. This was like I had hair man. I was like <laughs> I was even younger than you are right now, you know, like I was probably early 30s and um good friend of mine was um the type of dude that gets you into companies to give talks and so forth. And um, I remember going into Pfizer and obviously very interested in business already. I I, I spoke to the people uh, that were in charge um, of the plant in Montreal. So how's business? And, they, you know, what they said to me was, um, you know, uh, it's not the greatest because a lot of the blockbusters that we had where, you know, uh, we were exclusive. The patents are about to run out. And so uh, we're looking at hard times coming forward. And uh, I swear to God, I asked the following question: I said, "So, what are you guys? What, what's what's in the pipeline?" With, and they said, and I'll and I quote: "We're looking into making more vaccines." Um, and I mean, you know what? From a from a company standpoint, I get it. That there's shareholders. That it's competitive. You don't want to go out of business and it is a business and and i say that mm-hmm. with respect but i also say that with the premise that you you really have to wonder like the number one the number one priority i'll say this very comfortably cannot be health b- yep. b- you know you cannot you cannot patent vitamin d no matter how powerful it might be and no matter how many studies are on it and so so this is the thing, right? So as soon, and I, I think we just have to be fair on all accounts. And once you realize that these companies are in for profit, and just like any other company, they're in a sense they're no worse. And when you see how much they have to invest in research before any drug comes out on the market, now obviously sometimes they screw with the system, like you, you know, in the cases of opo- uh, opioids, um, which governments are starting to now look at, uh, like. Lawsuits, class, class action lawsuits uh, in Canada against uh, pharmaceutical companies for knowing that opioids were going to be problematic. So obviously there's been a bunch of cases where, you know, they've purposefully misled people. So I think that also has to be said. It's, I, I would think that the skepticism when a new drug comes on the market, when it's been developed rep- relatively fast, which was the case for the COVID vaccines, the fact that there wouldn't be skepticism would be scary, right. and what's scarier, and this goes back to freedom, is the fact that we're not able and allowed to bring it up. We would literally be censored on Facebook, um, you know, for for bringing up. And I mean, I'm not even talking about let's say people like myself who don't know what they're talking about. I'm talking about doctors, immunologists uh, mm-hmm. in France and different countries, who, who, you know, whose accounts were completely shut down because mm-hmm. they, yeah, they they're in jail. Mm. They weren't even against it. Like if I think of uh, Raoul in France, who was one of the top immunologists who was promoting hydro- hydrocloxine, uh, he wasn't even against the vaccine. Like you couldn't even put the tag on him that he was anti-vax. He wasn't. But, But his perspective was that there probably is more to it than just a vaccine, that we have to look into other avenues and we have to do more. And I think with looking back now, it'd be hard to think that the guy was saying stupid shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. He,
1: yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like, well, I want to do whatever I can to help my patient or to help my patients and, and you know, do whatever it takes, whether it be a vaccine or whether it be hydroxychloroquine, or whether it be uh, ivermectin or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I am I'm, I'm willing to I'm, if, as a physician or, or whoever, I'm willing to do whatever it is to help my patients. I can I can understand that perspective. You know, what I can't understand is. You know, oh, let's cover it. Let's cover this up. All right. Again, I'm not specifically talking about a vaccine, but any any kind of medication that's that's out there to cover up a symptom from a disease. It, you know, I'm okay with that too, as long as that's the patient understands. Oh, this this um, pain medicine is made to cover up my pain. Mm-hmm. It doesn't fix the underlying problem. Okay, I'm fine with that. You know what? Yeah. I don't want to hurt either you know what, I'm, I'm okay with, with covering up a symptom as long as I also have some sort of a pathway If, it's, to, heal. if it's, to heal, right, if it's possible. And mm-hmm. I think that's where, you know, that's, that's one of the things, like I said, I'm going to go back to my partner here, where, where some of the things that John has learned how to do from, uh, from Dr. J, and I think through posturology and what you do, Dr. Matt, and that is a lot of what you do actually can help that patient heal themselves. Okay, and and it's like it's same thing with the newbie. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give Garrett a shout out there. You know, there's a lot of things that they can do to help that person heal, actually get better. Mm-hmm. And yet, I think that's a lot of the things that a lot of things that we're complaining about are products or things out there that don't allow the healing. They're just made to cover up and right. only cover up.
0: But and you can't you can't blame people for being brainwashed to think that. And yes, a lot of people are brainwashed because there should be a reasonable expectation that we can trust our government, that we can trust the doctors that are, you know, running this whole thing. There should be a reasonable expectation we could trust Fauci, right? it should be a reasonable expectation, but it's clearly not. And, and I think I want to make sure we get the point here because I wouldn't be shocked if this episode gets taken down pretty quickly. So, any, so if anybody actually gets what I'm about to say before it gets shut down, is I think all three of us are sitting here saying like, yes, we are very much in the mindset of the body can heal. Doesn't mean that sometimes it can't use a little help. And I don't think that as a, as a believer – as, as a believer in God, I, I don't believe that we would have medication if, if that wasn't, you know, if he didn't intend for us to have it. There's a time and place for medication, but it's not the end all be all. There's a time and place for vaccines, of course, to a degree, right? Like, yeah, we eradicated polio, but guess what? The polio vaccine was actually made with the virus, right? <clears throat> I believe, um, you know, there's a time and place for it, right? But it's uh, things got off the path big time, especially right. with this COVID stuff. You
1: know. Yeah, it's like there's one solution as opposed to, well, wait a minute. You know, maybe there maybe. is something to uh, the uh, hydroxychloroquine. Maybe there mm-hmm. is something to it. Because, yeah. hey, when, when,
0: it. when Mandy and I and my wife, when we both came down with COVID, like, hey, it, it put me down. Like, it, <clears throat> but it was, it was odd. I've said it before. Is I could tell it wasn't just a regular virus. Like, I could feel it. Something sh- It didn't feel right. And, like, I don't really get sick. I maybe get a sinus infection. But I guess when you've had five sinus surgeries because you don't have any sinuses, that kind of happens periodically. It didn't feel right, and, I, and and Mandy had it bad. And sure enough, when Mandy got it, ab- you absolutely called my one of my closest friends, who's one of our our healthcare providers. I was like, I need help. <laughs> you know, I mean, of course. Yep. You know, get, give me some to get some of this you know inflammation down a little bit, right? There's a time and place for everything, is what I'm saying, but. I should've asked you this question in the beginning, Matt, but I guess, you know, that's why I shouldn't call these guest interviews because I suck at interviews. This is just a chatting, you know. But what got you going down this road? Like how did when did your eyes become open to a lot of this?
2: <clears throat> uh, my first my first patient ever was my dad. And uh my dad was suffering from knee pain. Um, from getting older, I guess, right? He had arthritis in one knee, arthrosis in the other. I, had, I And I was getting into physical training, conditioning. So when he had his appointment at the orthopedic surgeon, I went with him. And, uh, you know, the surgeon thought, okay, well, there's nothing to really operate here. We'll just give you inj- injections of, you know, Synvisc and whatever else. And then, you know, I'm, I'm the physical trainer there with his dad. So my dad's a- asking him, so what should we do, you know, in terms of exercise? And I'll, I'll always remember this. The surgeon just looked at us and he said, oh, just do some squats. And 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 I swear to God that was you know and so we left the office that day and I think up until that point in my life I had a hundred percent trust that whatever I would be told by a professional would be what is and then I thought okay this actually makes no sense I mean he basically has a hard time walking I understand that a surgeon is not a, a trainer like I I understand that and and I I can appreciate that people wouldn't have the answer just don't just 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 tell me you don't know <laughs> mm-hmm. right. because. The so whole, a lot of value in that,
0: yeah.
2: Not not that we were gonna load him on a front squad or you know, but like body weight squat is what he was telling me. But I kind of thought, is there really research on this? Like now with you know, like I was probably in my early 20s, no, so 25 years later I'm thinking this was probably just out of his ass because he, you know, just wanted to help, didn't know what to say. Um I don't think he wanted to do anything negative. But so from that point on. And then later on, my dad wanted to lose weight. So he went to see a dietitian, and I went with him. Uh, and so, and then I was already into training and nutrition. So she had a Diet Coke can on the desk and <laughs> That's she the was back, which is okay. You're allowed to be fat, but then, you know, it just didn't, the vibe wasn't. And then, you know, whatever she was saying to my dad and I kept thinking, my gosh, this has nuts. I, I, I knew my dad didn't want to be a bodybuilder, but I could appreciate how bodybuilders got lean, how they lost fat, and I figured maybe that would be good for other people too. And, and nothing of what she was saying resembled what these bodybuilder guys and gals were doing. So my my lack of trust in people with um, a diploma – just literally increased over the years and quite frankly, mostly with my, just being my, my, with my dad, <laughs> uh, you know, when it hits close and it's people you love, uh, it kind of, it creates a bit more of a, in me at least, um, an impression where I thought, okay, well, let me, let me dig, let me see what, you know, could be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just never stopped. And obviously COVID made it all explode. <laughs> because We had yeah. more time. Yeah. And you know when the CDC came out with the initial mortality rate, and then those numbers dropped drastically a few weeks into it, and I kind of thought, okay, like, and this whole like, you know, it came out of China. Was it from the lab? Was it not from the lab? There was, it, there, there were too many elements with this where it was touchy to talk about. That I thought, listen, if you're comfortable with something, you bring it up. You have you. Too many things were were hidden, not said, have said. So, I mean, for anyone who was remotely skeptical of, the, um, of a bunch of people with a bunch of diplomas, this did not help.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Again, it all circles back. Like, your experience is very similar to mine. It circles back to having the freedom to be able to discover and research. And we are on a very slippery slope right now where that freedom is about to dissolve and go away. And because right. your story is close to mine, like, you know, I was an athlete growing up and a reasonably decent athlete. You know, I, I played well to say I played Division two basketball as a stretch, but I was on the team at least, you know, so I at least could make it to college, you know. <laughs> but I had back pain my entire life and it was never nobody ever figured it out. And, you know, my my parents were both very, very well respected healthcare people in our area. Very well respected. Um, and so I had access to the to the best in the area, but nobody ever figured out until the tumor broke off my spine. And then that's when, uh, you know, everything kind of went downhill. But that scenario is what put me on the path to training because I got to the point where I tried PT and Chiro and everything else after surgery, after surgery, having the tumor gone helped, but still had some pain. They couldn't, nobody could help me. Nobody figured out. Like I was like, I still have pain here. And so I just said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to figure it out myself. And that's how I started mm-hmm. training And then fast forward, you know, all of a sudden I become the guy in this commercial gym where people come to because they're done with their rehab, yet they still have pain. And then that's how, you know, the connections with Dr. J occur and then the newbie and all that stuff. And it's like without the freedom to be able to see that information, to
1: reach out and explore,
0: none of us would be here. I
1: agree. You know what's when I, when I was 19 years old, I had a, a, a sacroiliac. So that was what, joint like injury.
0: 1880?
1: Yeah, it was somewhere in, in there. Yeah, okay. it was a long Did time y'all ago. have
0: medicine then, or y'all were still but, using the leeches and stuff, right?
1: Well, I, I'm getting there, but it's okay. that, funny. Uh, <laughs> but uh go to my primary care doc, and uh, you know, they don't know what it is. I got pain. Okay, here's pain medicine. Uh, I went back. Yeah, I'm still hurting. Uh, okay, go on to, I'll send you to an orthopedic surgeon or orthopedist. It tells me the same thing. Yeah, we don't see anything wrong. You know, here's a little pain medicine. Well, I've already got that. I don't need that. Uh, so I, this, that's my first experience with a chiropractor. Oh, you got a, you got a sacroiliac joint injury. Two two visits later, I'm 100%. percent fine. And, uh, you know, and so that was, again, you know, John, like you said, uh, so did medicine help? I have no idea. I never took it. but yeah. <laughs> But, you know, but the manual medicine did. Mm-hmm. In that particular case, that was my experience with it, and so you can imagine going into the field of physical therapy, and you're and you're politically supposed to be butting heads with chiropractic, and I would hear some of my colleagues, "Oh, chiropractors, you know, you know, you know, this, that, the other, whatever," and of course, my response would be, "What? Well, yeah, you, know, you ever see one? You ever <laughs> go to one? And of course, use nine times out of ten, the answer is no." <laughs> That's a little bit more commonplace to see, you know, for chiropractic now, but then it was very, very unusual. You didn't see a chiropractor's office, you know, as frequently as you do now. And, uh, you know, in the 1880s. So it was, uh, you know, it, it was interesting to see, you know, trying to filter through, Hey, what works? What doesn't, you know, I knew what didn't. And that was, I'm not a surgical case. I knew, I knew that was it. I, that I, That was not it. I I knew I had pain, and what's the problem? Mm-hmm. I had to find the solution. And again, if you do, if we don't have this freedom that we've been kind of talking about, would I have even had the ability to to seek that person out? I have no idea.
0: Yeah. So with all these changes, Matt, like that have happened since the pandemic, and now we know there are vaccine injuries. Things like I mean, I know multiple. People. I know me. I know people that have passed away. My, people in my gym have passed away. Um, from How has all this impacted your practice?
2: Um, so the, the in in Quebec, uh, we're probably the most vaccinated um, province or state of all of America. Right. People here bought into it. Um, you know, the commercials were really good. I have I have to say the commercials were great, you know, very emotional. Like you know, um, you know, you want to see your grandmother, so do it for her. Like honestly, they yeah. did phenomenal in terms of the a uh, little better than eating a cheeseburger. Yeah. You know, no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was better than that. So <laughs> the vaccination rate here was phenomenally high. Um so it just it became this thing where just everyone typically got vaccinated. So um so how how could i say there was no controversy right people just people just did now what's interesting now is to see that the more doses they ask that the the moral non-written contract for us in Quebec was two doses we were told by our prime minister basically two doses and you have your freedom and they've they've actually used the word freedom so when the third dose came around wow, hold on let me be, let
0: me make sure i understood that yeah. they literally said you need to take two doses, and then you have
2: your freedom. Yeah, 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 literally, yeah. yeah. But people here are willing to give it away pretty quickly. You don't have right-wing Quebec. It doesn't exist. Uh, and if it does, it's very small. Uh, you're starting to have a right-wing Canada now that is, like, t- there would be elections today. Two things would happen. Trump would win, and Pierre Poilievre would win in Canada, majority government. So, obviously, at the national level, people are fed up of uh, – I, I would say policies where they have less control if if you want to put it that way. But but Quebec is its own thing where people are very comfortable. The yeah, people are very comfortable essentially being told what to do and not wanting to question much. Um so so obviously I attract people that are a bit like myself. So maybe I have a few more entrepreneurs, maybe I have a few more people that are into, you know, looking at what's happening with the economy and finances. So, obviously, those those people are more free-thinking, um, more pro-freedom, uh, but I have a bunch of people that are probably just, you know, it's they just under, don't understand why we would even have this discussion. They wouldn't be against it, but they wouldn't get it. Have,
0: have, has it changed how you do anything? Are you more hyper-aware of different health history-related uh, matters? Um, you know, if somebody says, yeah, I took – four jabs you know
2: has that type of
0: thing changed for you a little bit
2: everyone has here so everyone has okay i guess that's right yeah it's about 85 i think we were above 85 percent of the people that had two doses or more so it's nothing like the numbers you guys have in the states on a national level and it's especially nothing like the numbers in certain states where the you know uh, rates were quite low uh 85 percent two doses it's it's like it's that's the new normal if you want to use that expression right everyone has um i i don't personally know anyone that has been injured um you know that being said they did get rid of a few vaccines here that you guys had access to for a longer period of time uh we never got the johnson and johnson which was the one dose uh miracle wonder we never got access to that one And then AstraZeneca was removed from uh, the choices here early on, which was associated with more uh, uh, injuries. So for better or worse, we pretty much pulled off, uh, pulled it off with uh, Moderna and Pfizer. Um, And people that I had spoken to that were in the pharma industry that were very, very much aware of what we're talking about, their comfort level with with any of them was higher with uh, pfizer not trying to promote pfizer but 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 their comfort level based on uh the relative safety of them all it it was pfizer so when my turn came around so uh i got three doses because i wanted to work so and i wanted to travel as quickly as possible uh so at some point to get into france i had to have a more recent dose than the first two i had taken So funny enough, I've I've been more vaccinated than so many people around me that were pro and I was fully against. I ended up getting a few more, uh, but three. Uh, And that's rare. Most people have had two. But did it change how I work? Not so much because it's kind of a common denominator here. Mm -hmm. Mm. All right. So as we're getting close to having to wrap this up, because I know all three
0: of us have some hard stops here. Um, We're talking about something that is going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. Uh, A lot of practitioners, a lot of strength coaches, a lot of parents, quite frankly. It's going to make them uncomfortable, but it needs to be talked about because regardless of your stance on vaccinated, non-vaccinated, whatever, the bottom line is there's information that is out there now that shows myocarditis is a thing, right? Kids are dropping dead. You know, it's it's happening, okay? There is proof of this. And so if a young strength coach isn't aware of this, then – I think they're putting their clientele at risk. So I bring this up because I believe that a lot of what occurring, and this is my belief, is that this is the intentional destruction of America. America is the last standing voice. We are the last barrier to a one world government. And when America declines because it is and if it collapses which it's on track to and if you guys don't believe me if you still think we're the strongest country in the world you need to really do your research people um, go look at China's naval fleet that's really all you got to do and look at how many shipyards we have here in America side note we have four shipyards here in America four for our naval fleet if I if my numbers are correct I believe China has 12. I believe, and I believe one of their shipyards is, just one, is capable of producing more naval cruisers than all of ours combined. So, anyways, the point in bringing all that up is, this is the intentional destruction of our country. The country that can protect the world, because we do have firearms. We do have a voice, even though it's being censored. As a healthcare provider and somebody who's very close to the states, what's your opinion on on this As we start to, as America loses this fight, we have to step up and speak up against it.
2: Yeah, no, I think think you put it really well. Um, We, all democracies look towards America in terms of making sure democracies remain alive. Uh, The threat of China is real. I don't think anyone, no matter their uh, political stance, is disputing that. Um, I think mainstream media doesn't want to bring it up because they don't want to freak people out. But I do think real things need to be said, and that's what the deal is. I actually also believe it's the reason why uh, world authorities did not want to accuse China of too much wrongdoing in the COVID um, uh, issue because – you know, some people say to protect them. I'm not against that theory, but I also do believe it was to not piss them off too much. I think maybe it's a bit of both. When you look at how the Olympic Committee manages or deals with China, that's very peculiar as well. It's, it's almost as if, you know, we're scared yet at the same time. We don't want people to know. Uh, is there a favoritism there? Trump has brought that up. He's made some good points, numbers to show that that was the case. Um yeah so uh, you're right it's it's definitely of concern and it's of concern to to everyone and the this notion of a one world government uh for some people is conspiracy but when you look at how things are organizing around the world uh, economic forum when you look at firms like mckinsey and the fact that they work for all these governments that they also work for pharmaceutical companies I mean, when you look mm-hmm. at what Hunter Biden's involved with, uh, the proof that's been made that he's been receiving amounts of money that no one seems to be able to understand, and that's outside of partisanry. Like, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. saying this as like yes. I'll take up the hat for that segment. This is fact. <laughs> like, yeah, it's fact. Exactly. Left wing, mainstream, liberal media in Quebec is pointing this out as fact. This mm-hmm. makes this is no controversy. So yeah, so there's case there's a case to, to uh I, I think we at least have to be curious and um and we need we need to be asking for answers. And if we're not getting them, maybe we need to change who's at the top. Mm-hmm. No yeah. I, I, I agree. What are your thoughts on Vivek? On who? Oh, Vivek, Vivek
0: Ramaswamy.
2: Yeah, I mean he says all the right things. I um he's young, he's dynamic, which I really can appreciate. He's also not white, which I like to see in a sense where <laughs> sure, yeah. conservatives are going to be um, – uh, conservatives are often going to be uh, accused of being racist. Uh, so oh, yeah. so it's kind of cool to see that – Come they move down support- south and you can experience that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of cool to see that they would support someone who's not white, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is a strength on – any side of the fence to have people that look different and that that, that come from different places or different countries even. Um, I, I, I mean, I, I think what's interesting about this race for the Republican nomination is that Trump is essentially unbeatable no matter how much people love or hate him. Absolutely. And I think, people, I think there's something to be learned. It's a lot of the admiration I have for him is in that regard. It's not so much that I would be always for or against anything he says – it's just that to quote it nicely, the son of a bitch, you just can't beat him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and there's something to be learned about that. So I do like Vivek, but at the same time, I, I, I'm i also a fan of um, uh, JFK Jr., you know, and although he's a Democrat, I really yeah. do like a lot of what he says, um, y- you know. So but yeah, no, but Trump is Trump is Trump. And it's it's just it's fascinating for me to see that he's ab- like he's able to survive Absolutely anything and everything. It's just to me. To mm-hmm. me, it's just mind blowing. Honestly.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, he's able to survive it because none of it was true. It was all fake and made up, which has been proven in a court of law. But,
2: but the I public like,
0: opinion part of it. You know right. what I mean, John? The, okay. Like, yeah. yeah. I see what you're outside
2: saying. of uh, yeah, yeah, the fact that he can still at some point gather the public opinion now more than once with the Republicans. Remember when he first went into politics? People didn't even think he had a shot at the Republican nomination. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is crazy when you think about what's gone on after all these years. People laughed at the fact that he was presenting himself. So he wins, and then he beats Clinton, which wasn't, even with the email scandal, wasn't the easiest thing to beat Clinton. This was like, this was the establishment in, in one person. This was all of it. And I remember waking up that morning, and I wasn't enough into it to understand what the hell had just happened. And I wasn't pro or anti-Trump. I just, I woke up thinking, He won? And and my faith in media, um, uh, and I had no reason to think media was so wrong. But that morning, I thought, oh, we were we were screwed. I mean, because obviously the predictions were so far from the result that from that point on, in my uh, personal opinion, I had been I have been questioning anything and everything. Media. They had one shot at the can to annihilate him and to keep the narrative going. And they might have won in two well, they might have won in two thousand twenty, but them but them losing in two thousand sixteen was those of you that
0: are listening to this, there were some air quotes around yeah.
2: that. <laughs> I mean those people are off you know what? Let's say let's say they won. Let's say sure. eighty one million people voted for him one thing everyone can agree on right now is that those 81 million people have never been more quiet. That That's yeah. that's, that's <laughs> as well. yeah. Yeah, right.
0: 81 million yeah. people. Yeah. That that's more than who voted for Obama. And I yeah. remember when Obama ran, I remember how charismatic he was and all yeah. the things he promised that he said he was going to do. And man, it sounded good, you know, but uh, yeah. Yeah, you tell yeah, me you uh, sure this guy out. got 81 million more vote or 81 million votes. Um, but anyways, yeah, I digress. Out of uh, his
2: basement in Delaware, which yeah, which right. just adds yeah. to it, right? Because, mm-hmm. again, I'm always like, okay, I want to believe it. I want to believe it. How do I do it sure. to believe it? And I add the elements, and I'm like, no wonder there's skepticism and conspiracy. He ran out of his basement. Obviously, he had COVID to blame for it, which which worked out great for him. Won't be as hot probably in a few years if, if let's say, there's no more, like, COVID-20 or whatever they could come up <laughs> with but it'll be interesting to see what happens in the, in the next few years. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I like Vivek a lot. Um, he came on a real AF Andy for show. Who's obviously, you know, a big influence. We're pretty involved first form, things like that. Big influence mine. And that's what sold me on Vivek. I really, really liked listening to him. I don't know if you've listened to that, but it's a great episode. I'd encourage you to listen to it if you haven't. But, uh, yeah, but anyways, um, man, this has been a, this has been great. Um, you know, I'll. Uh, we'll see how long this lasts, guys. I imagine this probably won't be up on YouTube very long, but yeah, you know, we'll
1: <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> It'll but be there as long the, as yeah, it will be. Yep.
0: The moral of this is like, again, nobody. We're not left or right. We are all pro freedom here. And if we don't speak up, then our job is to help people in this field. And if we don't speak up, we're not helping people because they're not going to have an option down the road.
2: So, but, amen. This is good stuff. All right, Matt, where, uh, where can people follow you if they don't follow you already? So on Instagram, if you want a healthy mix of the political posts and the uh, more uh, work-related, it's Matt Boule, M-A-T-B-O-U-L-E. That's on Instagram. That's where I put all my funky stuff. <laughs> awesome. Man,
0: nice. this is, uh, yeah, you're the goat, bro. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> all right. See you, man. Take care, guys.